Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. You're listening to SOJC Radio, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching the doctrine of Christ to the whole world. Good evening and welcome to Friday night FOJC Remnant Gathering. Grab your Bible and your pens and your paper and when two or three are gathered in his name, the Lord is right here with us. So thank you for joining us and here's Brother David. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the February 23rd, 2024 edition of the FOJC Remnant Gathering. I am David Carrico, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you joining us for a broadcast this evening. It has been a very, very hectic week, and it's been a good week. I've been one step ahead of a running fit, but emphasize one step ahead. That's right. Um, Some announcements to make. Uh, This Monday at 4 will be our February Prayer-a-thon. Always looking forward to that. And also, we have an event to announce. We're going to have a agape love feast and baptism on the 31st of March. It is going to be at the Hall, 331 Main Street in Tell City, Indiana. It's going to begin at 3 p.m. And registration form is not up yet, Sister Donna. I literally, I just got back from renting the hall. I haven't been home an hour from getting that wrapped up. But it's a, it's a really nice facility. And we'll, we'll be able to seat 150. So it'll be first come, first serve. And will the registration form is going to be up soon. It's not up, but you can check our ministry news page. I quite likely could have an update for you on the midnight ride. So, that is that. And uh, it will be a free event. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, Mail call. We're going to do mail call here. And uh, uh, had a nice letter here from Sarah in Oklahoma. She says, my name is Sarah. I am a young 83 and was born again at 15 years old. I birthed three daughters and one son and a multitude of grandchildren. I have searched for the truth so many years. I'm so thankful that I have come across the Midnight Ride and your ministry. And uh, Sarah is looking for fellowship. And Sarah, we have a remnant location page on our website and uh, you check that out or hopefully you can find someone in your area uh, had a nice uh, package from Gail in Alberta, Canada updating us on the situation up in Canada and things 
that New World Order agenda and euthanasia are rolling right along up there also. And uh, had a nice letter from a former hairdresser. Donna's going to enjoy this. And uh, from uh, Rita, or Retta, no, Rita, up in Minnesota. Thank you so much, Rita, uh, for the nice, the magazine with the article and the little drawing and everything. Very, very, very nice. And um, also, uh, we had an anonymous letter. Uh, from North Carolina, thank you. Morgan in New York, Shane in Arizona. Dale in Michigan was talking about fate. And Dale, I don't know if fate's the best word, but I do believe that God has a plan for all of our lives. And when we begin walking in obedience to the Lord, that he has supernatural appointments for us. He does have a plan for our life, and when we start... um, Walking with him, some really neat things are going to happen. Uh, heard from Suzanne in Texas, uh, Holly in Columbus, Ohio, Curtis in North Carolina. Uh, a real heartfelt letter and much appreciated from Jeannie down in Georgia, uh, Adam in Texas, Cynthia in Arizona, and also heard from our New Mexico remnant out there. God bless you. Always good and a blessing to hear from you all so uh really appreciate it uh you can write to us and i i'm thank you so much we don and i enjoy the letters so much and um it is just really a blessing and if you would like to write to us you can write to us at followers of jesus christ uh post office box 671 tell city indiana 47586 thank you so very much uh, for taking the time to listen and to write to us. Uh, Sister Donna is going to do the prayer request. So she's going to be here to lead us in prayer. Hey, well, as you heard, David's been on the move today. Well, I've been doing stuff in the background here, and I'm still getting caught up, so I'm sorry. I haven't sent out the links in a timely manner, but I'm working on it. So, um, right now we need to concentrate on prayer. But I do want to praise the Lord because technically I am a little better. So, praise God for that. And I'm so thankful because I I was not in good shape there for several weeks uh, with the back issues. But tonight we want to praise the Lord for those that have received healing. But also we need to uh, petition the Lord again and Krista she is grieving the loss of uh, her younger brother and best friend Craig so please remember Krista and her family Cynthia wants to be free from fear um, Diane needs healing Tamara says she's been under demonic attack on her and her, and her daughter her son and daughter so We really do need to listen to the Lord about this, but we need to reach out to the Lord for all the people that are under demonic attack, because there's a lot of them. Some of them don't even realize it, though. So um, we usually pray for the Lord to bind the enemy from causing confusion. We uh, 
ask the Lord to loose the bands that are around people's minds. So that's a good way to pray about that. And then we ask the Lord to, for them to be able to hear his small, still voice. So Ashley, she needs healing for her kidneys. She's having an issue. And Joseph has asked for prayer for his daughter and granddaughter and the family for salvation and healing. And Joe's uncle, I just found out he has cancer, so also needs healing. And also, um, Rebecca has been at the uh, fourth stage of cancer, and so she's been ill for quite a while, but she's still hanging on there, so pray for the Lord to give her strength. And um, I know there's probably some I've missed. Uh, if you're having trouble with sound, just try refreshing. Uh, give me a sound check in the chat room. Let me know. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do the best I can do here. Uh, I am. I do. I remember to turn the recorder on tonight, so that's good. All right. So if you missed anything, you'll have to catch it on the recorder. All right. So, um sound check in the chat room just let me know so David can see it can you hear me now okay I'm going to continue to pray because this is just a distraction from the enemy although I know you're all anxious and you want to hear what David's got to say on the subject of baptism but let's pray Father I do come to you and I just thank you so much for all that you've done for all the people that have contacted us and all that you're going to do Lord so I'm expecting great things, Lord, from you. But I ask you to remember Krista. She's uh, grieving the loss of her uh, brother and best friend, Craig. Comfort her, Lord. Only the Holy Spirit can comfort. And Lord, I ask you to remember Cynthia. She's afraid. I know, Lord, you said perfect love casteth out all fear. But Lord, we're not perfect. We're human. And we get afraid. So, forgive us, Lord for our uh, lack of understanding on that issue but help us Lord to be courageous to give us a strong backbone no matter what and Lord I do pray for Diana and her healing I just pray that whatever it is she needs that you will touch her and make her body respond in a way that you want it to respond in a healing way give wisdom if there's anything else she needs to do Lord, I just pray for Tamara. I know it's hard when the enemy comes at you, especially if you're not used to dealing with it. And even when you are, it's hard sometimes. But please protect Tamara and help her to learn how to overcome this demonic attack on her son and daughter and herself. Lord, we do lift up Ashley. She's got children to deal with and and a spouse. And she needs to be stronger, so help her, Lord. Her kidneys to be healed. Lord, we do pray for Joseph's daughter, grandson, and uh, granddaughter, I mean, and his family for salvation and healing. I'm sure we all have unsaved loved ones and family that needs healing. And I know it's frustrating, Lord, to everyone when they don't pay attention to you, when they don't search you out, Lord. Help us, Lord. Remind us. When we try to pray, remind us who we need to pray for. But we do pray for 
um, the others on here. Joe's uncle needs healing from cancer. And Lord uh, Rebecca, who's suffering from cancer, and I know there's others that are having cancer issues. I know how scary that is because I've had cancer in 2012. But praise God, you delivered me through prayer and scripture and uh, faith and by providing me with a good surgeon. So um, thank you, Lord, and thank you for that continued healing. But I know when you hear that big C word that you just go into shock. And I just ask that you touch the people out here that are listening that have cancer, Lord, the ones we don't know about, but you do. Give them faith, Lord. Give them wisdom. And Lord, we do pray for FOGC and now you see TV and all the uh, people that's kicked in and joined our team. Lord, I'm asking that you give all of them a strong backbone and courage to withstand against the wiles of the enemy because he is out here like a roaring lion just waiting to devour us all. But, Lord, I know that you can protect us all and you can give us wisdom and knowledge. And I just thank you, Lord, for that. I just give all these things to you. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody I'm leaving out. I'm so sorry if I missed it, but if there's any prayer requests I missed uh, in the emails, I will put send them to the prayer team, too. So, And, Lord, on that note... I need to pray for our prayer team. We don't say too much about it. We have a few people that have joined in prayer. If there's anyone else that would like to just take time and pray for people, uh, contact me at lastdayschurch at cs.com, and we will talk about it. And uh, the prayer team doesn't even know who else is on the prayer team. And because I don't provide that information, I just send out an email. And your name, your last name, is never mentioned. So I try to keep it as private and confidential, but informative as possible. So thank you, Lord, for all these people that's asked us and entrusted us with praying to you. And Lord, I know you're just a prayer way. So thank you, Lord, and we do ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sister Donna, so much for that. And uh, also, last night we did a broadcast on the Midnight Ride YouTube channel, John Pounders and I. And I made mention then we're getting gobs of questions and emails about preterism. And I am going to deal with that. Give that topic the attention it deserves. Probably going to do it Midnight Ride style. And... uh, the, the message for this evening is Baptize All Nations, and this is going to be a thorough uh, study of baptism, and I will be requiring everyone that uh, comes to be baptized to listen to this, so you'll have a good understanding. It'll be a really great preparation. Well, it's good for anybody. This is a baptism is very important, and for anyone coming to be baptized, uh, this will be very, very great your heart for that. So with that, worship the Lord for a few moments, and we're going to be back with our lesson for this evening, Baptize All Nations. We're sorry, but because of copyright rules, you cannot hear my music. However, if you want to hear the message in its entirety with my music, 
You can join us on the radio page on Friday night for the live audio broadcast at 6 p.m. Central Time, or you can listen on our podcast page at fojcradio.com. Here's Brother David. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And a brief word of clarification. I saw Painted Skies mention that in the chat about the midnight ride on the Son of Man rising out of the sea. And I did not, uh, I do not mean by any means that Jesus is going to leave the right hand of the Father, come up out of the sea, and then go back and return again. But at the last half of the 70th week of Daniel, Jesus from the right hand of the Father is going to pour out his spirit and confirm that covenant through the last half of the 70th week of Daniel through the two witnesses and the 144,000. Everyone needs to really check out our webpage. I try to put everything on there I can. But we have free resources, free books. And we wrote a book about the 70 weeks of Daniel. And it's right there on our website with a chart that will help you to have an understanding of how the 70th week is divided up. So, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, David, but wanted to be sure you all knew that. All right. Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. Baptize all nations. And leaving Nazareth, and I'm in chapter 4. Matthew chapter 3. And verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. It wasn't like Jesus was sinful. He was the virgin-born, sinless Savior. But he came to be baptized because he fulfilled all righteousness. He did it as a testimony of faith. He did it as a pattern for us to follow. As the kingdom of God was announced by John and later by Jesus, it was an announcement of his faith in the kingdom. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, we see in Jesus his obedience, setting the pattern, fulfilling all righteousness. And in Romans 8 and 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We are his brethren, and in his life we can see patterns that we will go through. We will go through those, those times of persecution, those times of separation and loneliness. And the obedience of Christ is that which he demonstrated there, the humility, the Son of God and the Creator of all things, submitting himself to be baptized by John the prophet. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, Though he were son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And baptism is our first step of obedience. And in Matthew chapter 28, 
we have that great commission and baptism is such an important part of that in Matthew the 28th chapter we're going to begin in verse 18 and Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost and here comes the doctrine of Christ teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you we are to preach when souls baptize them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost then we are to teach them all things that Jesus commanded the doctrine of Christ and that's why we baptize we preach and we baptize and it's a very very important thing that we do so now I want to read from the Dadache the Dadache was a first century document it was probably written before the book of Revelation and it was like a church manual that was used in the early church and I want to read from the Dadache the seventh chapter what it has to say about baptism uh, early church of the martyr style it says now concerning baptism baptize as follows after you have reviewed all these things baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in running water but if you have no running water then baptize in some other water and if you are not able to baptize in cold water then do it in warm in other words get her done get her done uh, get her done and get them baptized but if you have neither then pour water on the head three times in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and before the baptism let the one baptizing and the one who is to be baptized fast and we recommend that we recommend uh, and of course when you come to the love feast you're, you want to eat at the love feast but fasting and prayer and preparation for your baptism is very important I take it very seriously and I know that you, you do also now the situation here the ideal way when Jesus was baptized he come up out of the water he went totally under total immersion and then he came back up that is the ideal that is the way that we will be baptizing but there are people that I have baptized some people in the the end of their life uh, they are they're not able to physically get in a tub because of physical limitations and in situations like that I will pour and uh, but the ideal way is to total submerge but in situations where you can't do that go ahead and pour and get her done amen uh, I'm going to be reading from a couple church fathers uh, from the early church of the martyrs in the Antonicene church I'm going to be reading uh, from Tertullian who lived from 155 AD to 220 and I'm also going to be reading from Cyprian who lived from 210 AD to 258 AD I'm going to read what uh, Tertullian said this is in the Antonicene Fathers this is the third volume and I want to read from page 661 and it talks about the basic uh, foundation and need for repentance for baptism 
he says, moreover, a presumptuous confidence in baptism introduces all kinds of vicious delay with regard to repentance. And he's talking about the people that teach that the actual act of baptism saves you. This is very, very dangerous. It says, For feeling sure of undoubted pardon of their sins, men meanwhile steal the intervening time and make it for themselves into a holiday time for sinning rather than a time for learning not to sin. For repentance is the price at which the Lord has determined to award pardon. He proposes the redemption of release from penalty at this compensating exchange of repentance. And very well said, and we need to make it very clear, that the actual act of putting a person under the water, that does not save you, that does not... uh, wash away your sins but there is a great blessing in it because you are being obedient to the command of the Lord Jesus ordered us to baptize every believer needs to be baptized and while your baptism does not save you anybody that would refuse to be baptized I would not expect to see them in heaven the very first act of obedience in our Christian life is baptism and for someone to refuse to be baptized well see you later you're out of here and always in the scriptures we can look and see that in the gospel call and the commission as we see it in Luke that repentance is mentioned many times and not baptism. Luke 24 and 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And in the book of Acts, in the third chapter and the 19th verse, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. It is repentance and faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross, confessing and asking forgiveness. That is what covers our sins and washes them away and nothing else. Let's look at another important baptismal text in 1 Peter chapter 3. And verse 21, a lot of people want to play Mr. Twister with this one, as I they about everything anymore, don't they? First uh, Peter, in the third chapter, and the 21st verse, the like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, making that real clear here, the baptism doesn't put away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we are baptized, we are giving an open testimony to everybody that of that which took place in our heart. We are making our first public confession of Christ as our Savior and Lord. I want to read uh, Adam Clark's comment on this text, 1 Peter 3.21. He said, the simple meaning of the place may be easily apprehended. Noah believed in God, walked uprightly before him, and found grace in his sight. 
He obeyed him in building the ark, and God made it the means of his salvation from the waters of the deluge. Baptism implies a consecration and dedication of the soul and body to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He who is faithful to his baptismal covenant, and this is the covenant. Baptism is the sign of the new covenant, just like circumcision was of the first. Taking God through Christ by the eternal spirit for his portion is saved from his sins. And through the resurrection of Christ from the dead, this is all plain. But it was the deluge itself, or the ark, or the being saved by the ark, from the deluge that was the anti-type of which St. Peter speaks. Noah and his family were saved by water. Was It was the instrument of their being saved through the good providence of God. So the water of baptism, signifying the regenerating influence of the Holy Spirit, is the means of salvation to all those who receive this Holy Spirit in its quickening, cleansing efficacy. Now, as the waters of the flood could not have saved Noah and his family, had they not made use of the ark, so the water of baptism saves no man, but as it is the means of his getting his heart purified by the Holy Spirit and typifying to him that purification. So we emphasize, the actual rite does not save you. The new birth and repentance takes place before that, and at the same time, it is so important that you undergo the command of Christ. It's the sign of the new covenant, and it's the first public confession to the world of Christ as your Lord and Savior. In Acts, the 22nd chapter, Acts chapter 22, and we're going to read verse 16. And now, why tarriest thou, arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, comma, calling on the name of the Lord? And in this text, it is not the baptism that washes away your sins. It is the calling on the name of the Lord. And many people that, uh, and people that teach baptismal regeneration, they'll take this text and they'll use it in that manner. But a clear reading of the text, and now, why tarriest thou, arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, comma, calling on the name of the Lord. In in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is the calling upon his name. It is looking to him in repentance, turning from our sin, placing our faith in his death upon the cross for our salvation. That is what washes away our sin. In Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 22, For though thou wash thee with nitre, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord. You can't wash sin off. You can't wash it off. The only thing that will wash off sin is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You have to come to that cleansing fount to be washed in the blood of Jesus. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us 
from all sin. Praise God. The power of the blood. The cleansing power. In Revelation 1 and 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The precious blood of Jesus. This is what washes away our sin. And we want to make that so clear because so many people are confused about that. And through this teaching, we're going to deal with a lot of the false things that are taught about baptism. And we're going to give you the truth so we'll know how to walk correctly. I want to read again from Tertullian. And this is on this is from Volume 3 of the Anti-Nicene Fathers on page 94. And there's something that we do. We baptize very uniquely. And I ask two questions uh, when a person is in the water before I put them under. I ask them if they confess Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I ask them if they renounce Satan in all of his ways. I do this because this is the way that the early church of the martyrs baptized. That anti-Nicene church in the, the first three centuries, that marvelous Church of the Martyrs, which I look to much. I look to the Church of the Martyrs, I look to the Puritans, and I also I have other individuals I love, the Revival Times with Wesley and Finney. But we have a lot of bright spots that we can look at. But I want to read what um, Tertullian wrote. He said this, To deal with this matter briefly, I shall begin with baptism. When we are going to enter the water, but a little before, in the presence of the congregation and under the hand of the president, we solemnly profess that we disown the devil. Amen. And his pomp and his angels, whereupon we are thrice immersed, making a somewhat ampler pledge than the Lord has appointed in the gospel. And I love that. I love that. Now, we don't dip them three times. I think once is plenty. But I love that. Do you renounce Satan in all of his ways? And many times, you can see there's deliverances take place, that there are, there are spirits cast out at baptism, because when people renounce the devil and hands are laid on for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, bondages are broken and deliverances will take place. Absolutely. I love that. So that is why we do what we do. That is why I say what we say when uh, we baptize, because I love understanding that we're following in that which was laid down by the early church of the martyrs. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And baptism is a public confession of Christ, a Romans 10, 9, confessing unto salvation of what has taken place in your heart. And that is the marvelous thing. Thus the two questions. Do you confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord? And do you renounce Satan and all of his ways? I want to talk a little bit about the words 
that are said. We're going to get down to every detail. When I baptize, I baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost because that's what Jesus said to do. Let's read it again. Now, there have been people that have asked me to say other words over them to when I baptize them. I won't do it. I won't do it because this is why. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This is the baptismal formula. And what a formula is, is a way you do it every time. And Jesus told us how to baptize, so if you want to do it right, you do it like Jesus said. And that's why we do that. Now, I want to address another false teaching. And this comes from, there's a denomination called the United Pentecostal Church. And the United Pentecostal Church, they will tell you that you have to speak in tongues to be saved, which is another gospel. They tell you that if you are not baptized in Jesus' name. I've had these preachers say that a person that is baptized the way Jesus said to baptize, that they will go to hell. They attack the Godhead, the Trinity. They deny the Trinity. They tell you you have to speak in tongues to be saved. You know enough already. Run for your life from these people. But this is what they do. And I want to show you how they twist Scripture because they're out there and they sow a lot of confusion uh, in a lot of people. They take Acts 2.38 as the baptismal formula. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, or in the authority of Jesus, and the way he said to do it, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, properly understood, and obviously so, repentance is first. We repent, we believe, we pray, and receive new birth, and then we're baptized in water, and then we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm also going to bring forth texts from the early church of the martyrs to show that it was their custom to immediately, while the person come up out of the water, to lay hands upon them for receiving the Holy Ghost. This we do also. And we do this because this is the the established way that from the ancient church of the martyrs, this is what they did. And I love it. It feels so good to me. And we want to pray for people immediately when they come up out of the water to lay hands on them to receive that gift of the Holy Ghost. And of course, that also, you're not going to receive it just because I lay my hands upon you, but by faith and understanding, that's why I want everyone that's baptized to listen to this teaching so that when hands are laid upon you, you are ready by faith to believe for the receiving of that Holy Ghost. It's a promise according to Acts 2.38 that he, we can receive him. And sometimes people speak in tongues. Many times, the, and I've, we've taught about this also, there's the inward uh, cleansing of the heart and the sanctification, which is the most important. There's the outment endure, endowment with power. And there was an upward manifestation that sometimes will manifest itself in tongues. But the thing we want to pray for 
is the person of the Holy Ghost, not any of the gifts. We receive him. We want him to come in and abide and have full sway in our life to to receive the Holy Ghost in the full anointing and power. And whatever he wants to do with us, that is fine with us. Now, I want to show how silly it is for these people that try to make Acts 2.38 a baptismal formula. And we'll show very quickly that there's no formula given here and that no formula is followed according to that in the book of Acts as they falsely claim. And you can easily see this isn't true. The only place where the Bible tells us how to baptize was the words of Jesus in Matthew 28:19. It need not be repeated nor ever doubted or disobeyed. But Acts 2.38 it said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, let's look how it is said in Luke, the 8th chapter, and the 16th verse. And it says here, For as yet he was fallen on none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. The word Christ was left out, obviously, No formula is being followed. In the 10th chapter of Acts, verses 47 and 48, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Different again. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. There's obviously no baptismal formula in Acts 2.38 that is followed in the book of Acts. It doesn't take long to see this. We'll look at one more, the 19th chapter of Acts. And the situation here in the 19th chapter of Acts are individuals that were baptized by John the Baptist that were not baptized by Jesus or any of his disciples. And let's read the text in Acts 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Now this immediately tells us that they baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And immediately this let them know, and he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? Because the only correct way to baptize is in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So clearly, there's no formula given, and to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, let's let's look. Let's just think about this for a minute. And I mean, people just get ridiculous here. Uh, in Colossians chapter three and verse seventeen, it says, "And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed." Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. 
Now, to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, would that mean that I would have to say, well, I'm going to drink this cup of coffee in the name of the Lord. I'm going to open this door. I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? To do things in the name of the Lord is to live our lives the way that he says to do with the authority living under the authority of his doctrine and his example and then we can say that we're doing everything in the name of the Lord so to try to take that and twist that to say that we have to say those words out loud uh, before we do something is ridiculous but there's people out there saying that you know it's ridiculous you know some of these things that are out there that are confusing people so much I tell you what, it is just really, um, it's just really amazing some of the things that um, these people do. Now, we're going to take a break here. We're going to take a break, and there we're going to be back. We got a lot more we're going to talk about here. We're going to do uh, c- try to cover as many bases as we can to answer questions about baptism. So. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to be back with a lot more on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. Hello, FOJC Radio Remnant family. Sister Donna here. I just want to thank all of you for your support and your love and kindness. Just wanted to let you know that here at FOGC Radio, we want to reach the world for Jesus. I know you know this verse. You've said it as a child probably many times. But as a reminder, in John 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In order to do this, we have chosen to use many different avenues. We have our regular Friday night message with Brother David, And then we have our Sunday Night Live, and we have different people on it. Sometimes we're on Rumble, and sometimes we're on YouTube. You just never know who we might have on there. But I just wanted to remind you all and thank you for your support, and give us a listen on Sunday Night Live. These programs usually start at 8 p.m. Central Time. You never know what we might be doing. We're full of all kinds of surprises. We want to reach the world for Jesus. We have much to offer here on FOJCRadio.com. Most listeners are familiar with our radio page where we're live on Fridays at 6 p.m. Central Time. And it includes our chat room where listeners can fellowship and read the scriptures that I post while Brother David's teaching. If you can't catch us live, 
We offer our podcast page with the latest audios of our remnant gatherings, or these same audios are made in videos, and now videos on two new video channels. The easiest way to find our new channels is to go to our ministry news page on fojcradio.com. On that page, you'll find links to our new channels uh, on Brideon and the Underground Church, FOJC. And there's also links to our Doctrine of Christ series on Jimmy Vision and our Vault series. This makes it a lot easier for you to get the information with just a click. You'll find if there's going to be any events, we have that information on there. And we have um, a link to our free books and lots of other info. The latest info is on the ministry news page. I've tried to include answers to frequently asked questions on our Hot Topics page. We also try to help our listeners find local fellowships in their area with the Remnant Locations page. And for those who struggle with abuse issues, I offer my Ritual Abuse and Healing page. Our contact page has a short order form some links for your love gift, and of course, our contact information. On our resources page, you can find a list of our books, CDs, DVDs, free Bible studies, and tracts that can be printed or read. Check out our online Bible school or our music page. Both include easy-to-click audio files. And most important is our God Wants to Save You page. If you need help in leading someone to the saving mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, there are plenty of uh, things to choose from on that page, including a little prayer that I wrote uh, to help lead people to accepting the Lord and inviting Him to be their Lord and Savior. It's all there, all free, so please use these many things that we offer on our website. We appreciate your support and have tried to make our site easy to navigate. But if you have a problem finding something, just email me at lastdayschurch at cs.com and I will be happy to help. Blessings to all our listeners and thanks again for your prayers and encouragement. Now back to tonight's message with Brother David Carrico on FOJC Radio. Welcome back to the FOJC Remnant Gathering, and as we always do at the break, we want to sincerely thank each and every one of you that prays for us and that studies with us and that supports us with your gifts and with your kindness. We do appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. It's going to be a popping weekend. Boy, I tell you what's been a busy week. It's just going to keep going. Um, set tomorrow night on the midnight ride with John. It's going to be zombie apocalypse. Oh, boy. That's going to be coming in 100 miles an hour. And then Sunday night on FOJC Radio, Sunday Night Live, it's going to be 220 volts coming at you. The, the broadcast is going to be entitled Taylor Swift. 
Enchantress of Modern Babylon. And Jillian Stone will be joining us again on Sunday Night Live. That's going to be a good one. All right. And then, of course, Monday, uh, we'll have our prayer fun. So away we go. You might, you can criticize us for a lot of things, but you can't call us lazy. We keep it hopping, keep it popping, and we want to do everything we can to reach all that we can with this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 10, we're going to read verse 44. We're going to say some things about baptismal regeneration. We're going to be looking at some of the text uh, that are used to erroneously teach that. We're going to be looking at several other things from the uh, early church of the martyrs regarding baptism, which I just really enjoy. But Acts chapter 10, and here is a clear proof that people are born again before they're baptized. Let's just read it. Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, speaking of Cornelius and the Gentiles, here in the 10th chapter of Acts. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues, and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So a clear example in Scripture, people that were born again filled with the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. So clearly, as we have reiterated, it is not the act of baptism that saves you, but as we have properly laid out, it's that public confession and act of obedience to that which has taken part in your heart. In Luke, the 23rd chapter, and in the 43rd verse, we can read about a fellow here that would have really loved to have been baptized. In Luke 23 and 43, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And he was. And the thief on the cross, of course, was not baptized, but he did. He was taken by Christ uh, into paradise. So here again, your baptism doesn't save you. But... Um, you know, there's no excuse. I won't give any false assurance to anybody that would refuse to be baptized or does not put out that effort to get baptized. Now, who can baptize you? Let's just talk about that for a moment. When, when the Great Commission went out, it goes out to all of us. We are all to preach the gospel, to be a witness for Jesus. So if you preach the gospel to someone and they're saved, you can baptize them. Any born-again believer can baptize you. And, in my, and we're going to talk more in depth. We're going to read about the issue of rebaptism and how the early church of the martyrs dealt with rebaptism. But in Mark, the 16th chapter, and the 16th verse, the scripture says here, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Semicolon. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And here it is clearly lined out that it's unbelief that will damn you, not not being baptized. But here again, I will reiterate, um, 
if there's if there's any refusal or lack of cooperation there, you're in big trouble. Let's just let's just put it like that. Let's go to John the third chapter and the fifth verse. And this is another text that is used to trouble people. And this is priestcraft. You know, if I would if I would start preaching, you know, um, if uh, you're not baptized, uh, you're going to go to hell. And then what if I don't like you? You know, I, well, I don't think you're saved. I'm not going to baptize you. That's priestcraft. And salvation would be in the hands of man and not God, wouldn't it? So this is obviously wrong. Now, in John, the third chapter, and the fifth verse, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, being born of water is the spiritual washing that takes place when we put our faith in the Word of God. Now, let's read uh, some text here, because this is important for everyone to understand. In, in the epistle of Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 5 and verse 26, speaking of his body, the church, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water, by the word when we believe the word we are spiritually washed by the Holy Ghost in a spiritual washing let's look at Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 there is such a magnificent change in people when they're born again I mean you're changed you're supernaturally changed it's not you trying to turn over a new leaf God changes you Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. In the epistle of Paul to Titus, I love this scripture, and it's so uh, many people like to lean on. I, I like to share this with people because being born again can even cleanse and improve your genetics. In Titus chapter 3, And verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. Regeneration washes you. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost regenerated, regened. Noah was pure in his generations. So, praise God, you are changed you are so changed when you're born again, it will change you at your, your germline. Well, I don't know if you call it germline because it, it doesn't pass on. You can't pass on spirituality. But it actually changes your genetics and purifies it. Um, in the book of James, I can't say germline because if it's a germline change, it's transmitted. And spirituality is an individual thing for each and every one we can't get that from mom and dad James chapter 1 and verse 18 of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures it's the word of God that begats us into the kingdom when we put out the word of the gospel and people believe that word that is what causes them to be born again 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 
being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It is the truth of God as is set forth in Jesus Christ that saves us and cleanses us. In John, the 17th chapter, and the 17th verse, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word will cleanse us. The word is the way that we cleanse our way. And that faith will bring the cleansing blood of Jesus upon us. Now, I want to say a little bit about baptism as our seal. Now, there's uh, the seal of God is a topic that's worthy, and we've done complete teachings on the seal of God. It should be taught on and thoroughly understood. But something the early Church of the Martyrs was insistent upon that when baptism is entered into properly with a repentant heart and a commitment to obedient discipleship in Christ, that baptism is a seal. And we know what it says in Revelation 7 about the seal of God upon the 144,000 that protected them throughout the last half of the 70th week of Daniel from the, the demonic attacks. Now, I want to read what Cyprian said. This is volume 5 of the Antonicene Fathers. And I'm going to read from page 381. This is what he said. And he also here talks also about hands being laid upon the baptismal uh, recipient for receiving the Holy Ghost. Cyprian said this. Uh, He said that that prayer being made for them and hands being imposed, the Holy Spirit should be invoked and poured out on them, which now too is done among us so that they who are baptized in the church are brought to the prelates of the church and by our prayers and by the imposition of our hands obtain the Holy Spirit and are perfected with the Lord's seal. Now, this is what they believe. I believe it. It is very scriptural that the Holy Spirit is our seal. And when we receive, enter into that baptism in a right and proper way and open our hearts to receive that seal of the Holy Ghost, how important, how important to understand that when we are there and submit to baptism and pray for the Holy Ghost to to receive him, that this is our seal. We are praying for that seal and that protection that is going to be upon us. Uh, through these last days. What an important thing for us to understand. I want to read what Tertullian had to say about that. And I'll read here from volume 3 of the Antonicene Fathers on page 662. And he said this, that baptismal washing is a sealing of faith that faith is begun and is commended by the faith of repentance. We are not washed in order that we may cease sinning, but we have ceased since in heart 
We have been bathed already. He talks about people that are coming to be baptized. You've already been baptized if you've repented in the spiritual sense. Thenceforth, insofar as you have understanding of the Lord, faith is sound, the consequence having once for all embraced repentance. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is given, and in Acts, the fifth chapter, and uh, and the 32nd verse, and I always like to ask the question, uh, why does God give the Holy Ghost unto them that will obey him? And the answer is, because if you're not going to obey him, you don't need the Holy Ghost, do you? And I'll read this text, and it's so important to understand in the fifth chapter of Acts in the 32nd verse and we are witnesses of these things and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him that's what your baptism is it's an act of obedience Jesus commanded it we're doing it He commanded you to be baptized and me to baptize you. So upon that act of obedience and your faith, hands can be laid upon you. And the Holy Spirit can be received who is your seal. It doesn't get any better than that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I want to read something that Cyprian said. This is volume 5 on uh, page 387. He had this to say, and there's a lot. They talked a lot about the laying on of hands to receive the Holy Spirit. He said this on uh, volume 5, page 387. He said, Or if they attribute the effect of baptism to the majesty of the name, so that they who are baptized anywhere and anyhow in the name of Jesus Christ are judged to be renewed and sanctified, wherefore in the name of the same Christ are not hands laid upon the baptized persons among them for the reception of the Holy Spirit. And many, many, uh, you know, this was the practice. It's a great one. There's real biblical reason to do it. They had it right. And uh, today, uh, many people are telling your people their baptism saves them. And many people now, baptism is so little emphasized that uh, a lot of people uh, will go to church and they'll answer an altar call and they'll, they'll never even think about being baptized. So we've got to restore baptism to the truth of the biblical doctrine and to that uh, ancient practice of the pattern of apostolic Christianity. Now, we're going to just give you a couple verses here to explain the difference uh, and an understanding of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. We'll look at 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, and I'll show you there's two things going on here. In 1 Corinthians, in the 12th chapter, and in the 13th verse, the scripture says here, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now that is what happens when we are born again. When we repent and place our faith in Christ, we are born again. That's what happens. Now just ask yourself the question, who is the baptizer? 
in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ when we are born again and place our faith in Him. But let's look at another text here. The text here, let's look at the Gospel of Luke. We could read it all in, also in Matthew, but let's read it in Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, speaking of Jesus. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Who's the baptizer in Luke 3.16? It's Jesus. And not understanding the different functions of the Godhead in our salvation, uh, there's just a lot of rich truth there. So when we're born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. And then, after we're born again, Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Thus, when a person's born again, we baptize them as that outward testimony. And then they receive the seal of the Holy Ghost when hands are laid upon them. So it's a very, very beautiful uh, and a very, very wonderful thing. Um, I want to read something on from uh, Cyprian. This is in the third volume of the Antonicene Fathers. And this ties in, uh, we had a baptism on the Feast of Pentecost here at the barn. And boy, I, it was over 100 people I know we baptized once. And again, we baptized a bunch. Uh, so it's a very, very good thing to baptize on feast days. And you never know, we might have us another feast day baptism. It's certainly not the only time you can be baptized. But I love this. I want to read this from uh, Cyprian to show that the early church of the martyrs, they honored the biblical feast days. And um, they many times did that celebration uh, with baptism. This is on page 678 of volume 3 of the Antonicene Fathers. And Cyprian wrote this. He said, The Passover affords a more than usually solemn day for baptism, when with all the Lord's passion in which we are baptized was completed. Nor will it be incongruous to interpret figuratively the fact that when the Lord was about to celebrate the last Passover, he said to the disciples who were sent to make preparation, Ye will meet a man bearing water. He points out the place for celebrating the Passover by the sign of water. After that, Pentecost is a most joyous space for for conferring baptisms. Now, this shows us a lot, doesn't it? It shows us not only the great importance the early Church of the Martyrs put on baptism, but also on the feast days. Yeah, Passover, what a great time to baptize. Pentecost, what a great time to baptize. It shows us that indeed those feasts were celebrated, and indeed the importance of baptism. What a really, really wonderful thing. I love it. Um, I want to say something about rebaptism, and I want to read um, what Cyprian had to say about this. 
This is from volume 5. I want to read from page 376. And I'll read a little bit from 376 and 377. But Cyprian said this, and this is in the discussion of re-baptism. Because in those days, uh, there was a big question of when people would get baptized, you begin to wonder, well, I wonder just what kind of a crew was that did baptize me, that a lot of people would want to get rebaptized. Let's just listen to what he's got to say. Um, he says, or how can he who baptized give to another remission of sins, who himself being outside the church cannot put away his own sins? Uh, Cyprian was not a big fan of people that were baptized by heretics. And he, he said this. Now, I, you know, I believe that if a person comes honestly in their heart for baptism, uh, that God will accept that even if the person baptizing has something wrong with them, you know. I think that the, the candidate coming, uh, if their heart's right, God's going to honor that. But at the same time, um, I think it does matter that you don't want to be baptized by uh, just any little Johnny Jack leg. Going on, Cyprian said this. He said, but we say that those who come thence are not rebaptized among us, but are baptized. And for Cyprian, and you know, we could use, we've had many people that have come out of Roman Catholicism and uh, out of Mormonism that have chose to be rebaptized. And uh, we are happy to do that. And even out of a lot of um, non-Catholic um, churches, because they see the many, many things that are wrong and they want to be baptized. And if a person is satisfied with their baptism, that when they were baptized, they came with a pure heart, I'm good with that, and I believe the Lord is also. And in the same way, if a person is not satisfied, and like like Cyprian, he said, hey, you know, I'm not saying I'm rebaptizing anybody because they wouldn't baptize the first time. Um, I'll read his words again. He says, but we say that those who come thence are not rebaptized among us, but are baptized, for indeed they do not receive anything there. But again, some of our colleagues would rather give honor to heretics than agree with us, and while by the assertion of one baptism they are unwilling to baptize those that come to us, they either themselves make two baptisms in saying that there is a baptism among heretics. So basically he reasons and says, well, if you're baptized by a heretic, and I'm saying I'm rebaptizing you, I'm saying there's a baptism of heretics and a real one too. And it's kind of hard to fault his logic. So if somebody is not satisfied with the crew that baptized them, we will be happy uh, to baptize you. Now, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5, uh, there's other applications of this verse, but I believe that this verse could apply to this situation. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And certainly that scripture covers a lot more than that, but I think in some instances that might also fall in that situation. Now, 
I want to read one other thing that really blessed me. Got to share this with you, because when you come on the 31st of March to be baptized, you're going to be baptized in a horse trough that we're going to set up and fill. Now, (laughs) I like this. And uh, this comes from Tertullian, Volume 3 of the Antonicene Fathers. I'm going to read what he says on 670. And it blessed my heart, and it will yours. He said, And accordingly, it makes no difference whether a man be washed in a sea, or a pool, a stream, or a fount, a lake, or trough. Nor is there any distinction between those whom John baptized in the Jordan and those whom Peter baptized in the Tiber. So the point is, the water doesn't matter. If it's a trough, if it's a stream, if it's a pond, what matters is the heart of the individual that comes, repenting of their faith, testifying the faith of Jesus, and coming to renounce Satan and receive that seal of God. Well, I'm going to close the teaching at this point, and I am just very thankful to be able to share on this great truth of baptism. I'm I'm thankful always to be able to baptize. Really looking forward to it, and um, I'm so thankful. Uh, It just blesses my heart so much. Uh, Like I say, uh, keep watching the uh, events page. Sister Donna is going to have the registration up um, and it will be, uh, we'll have to cap it and it'll probably go pretty quick. So uh, there you go. So I'm just going to say once again uh, we're looking forward I'm looking forward to the Midnight Ride Zombie Apocalypse, looking forward to Sunday Night Live, Taylor Swift, Enchantress of Modern Babylon, Monday night prayerathon, Wednesday night boot camp, keeping it popping here on FOJC. Pray for us as we labor to preach the gospel of the kingdom and the doctrine of Christ to the whole world. Father, we thank you for the opportunity once again to be able to bring forth your word on this most important of topics. Father, we just pray that you bless our humble efforts and that you open the hearts of the people to receive your word. All this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you all, and we will see you next Friday night, 6 p.m. Central, on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. Thank you for listening and joining in fellowship with us here at FOJC Radio Remnant Gathering. You can contact us at FOJC Post Office Box 671 Tell City, Indiana 47586 or you can email us at lastdayschurch at cs.com or you may call us at 812 812- 836-2288. You can check out our website at www.fojcradio.com. Thanks and God bless. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.